Hey guys, we are pleased to say that we are associated with the Sophie Lancaster Foundation charity. And now, a message from one of our supporters. Hi there, this is a message for Sylvia and the Sophie Lancaster Foundation. My name is Kate um, and I actually work professionally with victims of crime, um, specifically children and young people. So I just wanted to come and say that I think the work that you do um, in schools around like education um, for young people around differences I think is really, really valuable um, and helps for people, you know, for young people to understand that not everybody's the same and sometimes people could look different and that you know it doesn't warrant um them to be treated in any way than you know they would like to be so um yeah i just wanted to come and say thank you very much for everything that you do uh i think your work is um is really great so yeah to learn more about this wonderful charity head on over to www.sophielancasterfoundation.com Hey guys, this is John Karabi from pretty much every band but ABBA, and you are listening to the Chronicles of Podcast. Turn it up. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Chronicles of Podcast. Today, we're speaking to a man who's had a legendary career that's still going, meaning many wonderful bands such as the Dead Daisies, Union. And of course, Motley Crue. These are the chronicles of John Karabi, Jamie's favourite singer ever. Welcome everybody to the 17th edition of the Chronicles of Podcast. And me! are the chronicles of John Karabi. It is I, the bearded brummy, Jamie, and with me, as always, is this handsome fella. It's the Scotsman Tom. And what I love is that you went back to doing the these. Well, you mentioned it last week that I hadn't uh, done it properly. So. Uh, uh, you didn't let me finish before you jumped in there. Oh, okay, because okay, 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 your okay. microphone went completely silent for oh, the entirety what? of it. Oh. <laughs> it's probably because I got that high pitch my microphone couldn't pick it up. Yeah. So all it picked up was V, and then he went silent, and it went E's. <laughs> so when I've edited out the silence, it's just going to sound like I said, these. Oh, man. Don't edit it out. Don't, you've got to leave that in. That's got to stay in. <laughs> that is absolutely amazing. You can't take that out. I might just insert a bleep noise to fill in the that, Or you might, you might hear like... <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I'm going to have to keep it in there to give the, the listener some fucking context. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Otherwise, well, there's, there's rabbiting on for about five minutes about high pitched noises and silent microphones. You'd be like, what the fuck are these boys on about? <laughs> listen, I listen to this every show every week. Not a clue. Not a Scooby. Not got Call a it. sausage of what they're on about. Never. Yeah. Winston, do you? <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Winston? Rufus? Rufus. What about you, Rupert? Do you have any idea what these chaps are talking about? <laughs> I can't imagine anyone posh listening to this fucking show. Fuck off. I bet that's our, I bet that's our whole clientele. I bet that's <laughs> our clientele. mind. Yeah. And I do love me some John Corabi as I love him. <laughs> the singer of, the, of that, of those motley crew over there. <laughs> and, I, and for some reason, there's a lot of dead daisies around. I'm not sure why. 
It's <laughs> some sort of union. I don't know what it's a union of, but I, I don't support unions. Yeah. It's, oh, and it's, he does curse a lot, doesn't he? A lot of cursing, yes. <laughs> anyway, we're just, anyway, we're just being over-stereotypically British, so we should probably crack on. Um, oh, yes. How are you, sir? I am very well. I am so excited to get this interview out. I'm a very excited little boy. Yeah, I bet you are. I remember the Sunday evening when you were like, I'm going to touch Chuck Crab. I'm going to touch Chuck Crab. So I know this is very much a dream come true for you. And, you know, it's nice to finally have someone and something that you idolize uh, yeah. on the show. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful moment. And you're all here. I'm sure if you've watched the trailer, um, you all would have seen Jane be like, oh, my favorite singer ever. And then John just completely shut well, you down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's that? High praise me. High praise. Go fuck yourself, Brummy. That's why. <laughs> so good. So good. But no, seriously, guys, this interview was top shelf, as people used to say back in the day. Top notch. Yes, I love that. Um, so we're very excited for you to hear it, as much as Jamie was excited to be a part of it. So it was uh, it was really good fun. So yeah, man, I'm not surprised you're excited. Not surprised you're uh, buzzing off your tits to get this bad boy out. Yeah. Other than that, I was going to sound a little bit tired, but I feel bad complaining about being tired around you, but... You know, it's that body clock adjustment. I've just come off nights and now I'm going on to evenings. My- it's, a, yeah. it's not a competition, man. It's not a competition, no matter how tired I am. Um, it's not a competition because you know I'm going to win. We just done like, a wonderful interview. And uh, obviously at the beginning of that, I was like, I'm exhausted. But it's because I don't stop. No. So like, I keep burning the candle at both ends, uh, as you'll hear uh, later on in this episode. But um I just like doing things, and then I like to complain that I don't get to do it, to get do nothing. <laughs> All right, so just deal with it, okay? It's um, so fucking true. That's the funniest thing. I don't yeah. get no time to myself. Why aren't you doing this, 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 this? Yeah, but still, I don't get time to do it. I just love it. I just love doing things, especially with the laugh. We always have a, we have such a good laugh, um, and so much fun. There's been some great moments. Uh, there's one in the journal actually, which I'm excited to share with you all. Um, so yeah. I look forward to hearing it in Le Journal. But how are you anyway? Guess what, Jamie? Um, You're wide awake. I'm pretty damn fucking tired. I'm not going to lie to you. uh, But like I said, it's just just for all the burn the candle at both ends. And then I just like to complain that I'm tired. Because the other, other, excuse me, the other real bad habit I have is that I like to come home and go, well, I've worked all day. So, I and then I'll do whatever it is I'm doing, whether it be this, whether it be um, going out to the cinema or whatever. And I'll go, well, I've not really had an evening, so I want to stay up for a little bit and watch some John Oliver or, you know, w- watch this, that, and the other. And then it'd be like, two in the morning, phenomenal. I need to go to sleep because I've got to be up for work in the morning. And I do it every day. <laughs> <laughs> this or the cinema, that is your evening, sir. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I know. But you don't I, get two evenings. I just what I like to I like to like to like to chill. I like to come like and wind down, as people call it. That's the that's my excuse for everything. Wind down. So I'm just winding down. This is you know, just wind. It's my other half's excuse for when she we're, we get in bed to watch something and she shuts her eyes. I'm just resting my eyes. I'm just relaxing. Like, don't leave me alone. <laughs> like, I, can't, I can't judge anyone about watching something through the back of their eyelids. Really, can I? So it's fine. No, but you don't do that anymore. Or do it much anymore? Not as much. Not as much now. Which is good. Which is good. So it's obviously, um... oh yes, I've just remembered. Before we crack on, let me just hit that button. Bear with me. It's Jamie's 
weigh in. And this week, Jamie has lost three pounds. That's amazing. Ten pound lost in three weeks. Dude, that's incredible. How the how are you doing that? You're not even gymming, are you? Nope. Calorie counting. Just just calorie counting and keeping my steps up. To be fair, though, I don't think I'll do as well this week because I've not been cycling because it's been so fucking cold. I know by the time I got to work, because a lot of my cycles work is downhill and I've been working nights. So I'm leaving at like nine o'clock at night. I'll get to work and I'll just be frosty, the fucking snowman. Wrap um, up. I just, no, I, yeah, but then I'll boil to death and I'll, yeah. And it'll be like my upper half is sweating and my legs are cold. And no, I'll just get the train. It's fine. Oh, a little bit of weather. A little bit of weather's put me off. Yes, it is. <laughs> Fuck off. I'm on my feet all night at work. Leave me alone. But no. I'm quite happy with that three pound. Yeah, it's excellent news. Well mm-hmm. done. Sorry, I just yeah, it's just I meant to do it right at the beginning, and then we got I got so sidetracked by the these thing <laughs> that I just completely forgot all about it. So I do apologise. Um, you know me, attention span of a dove. Uh, <laughs> the doves notoriously have lack of attention. <laughs> well, they always like to get released out of things, don't they? So yes, that's what they're known for. Yes, it's so weird. Why does why is it always doves? Why is it not sparrows? Like just, I want to release. I want to release a box of kingfishers, please. Please be by a pond. That's fine. Get married by a pond. That's absolutely fine. Yeah, it's Britain. It'd just be fucking pigeons. Let's be honest. Like, I'll release a box of heron. One heron. Is you only fit one in a box anyway? So weird. why is it a box? It can't fucking breathe. Basket. I'm always intrigued how they get multiple into the box. So like, surely you open it and they're going to fly out as you're trying to get others in. Yeah. Look. And everyone goes, goes ah! ah! <laughs> I want to watch someone wrangling doves into the I would like to release a trough of budgies. <laughs> That's it, yeah. I want to see some release budgies. Well, yes. yeah. I'm going to find the most randomest thing that I can put the most randomest bird into. And then... <laughs> It's like, they're going to release this falcon. Oh, shit, it's attacking me. <laughs> <laughs> ah, ah, I'm dying. Anyway, I don't know where I'm going with this, to be quite honest with you. It's just so weird how it's always a box of doves. It just, oh, it's a beautiful, beautiful bird. It's associated with, you know, oh, why did you release an ostrich? I don't fly. <laughs> Fuck off. Um, <laughs> I just think, I just think of Mars attacks. Well, they release the birds and the aliens, like, ah, ah, and shoot them. Shoot oh, yeah, the they do, yeah, they explode. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. So, what's been going on, man? What have you been doing yourself? What have I been doing myself? I've been reannering on some uh, night shifts, which has been all right, to be fair. I don't mind. Don't mind. Quite a lot of working nights and then again. Really? Yeah, it's all right. I just feel so weird because like, the days are the complete opposite. Yeah, I only did four, so it's not too bad. Okay. Could be worse. Um, I've been to see the Kiddlywinks a couple of them twice since we, since we last recorded. Really? Good. good. Yeah. It's been twice in like a week. Well, I saw them Friday last week and then yesterday. No way. How was that? When my days off, I fell. It's great. Looks at weather, shit. It's dark by 4 p.m. So I've not been able to do a lot, but just chilling out, hanging around with my kids. Nice. Made an incredible joke that really amused me and Sam, which means you're going to think it's terrible, but I was quite proud of it. Go on. I arrived and for some unknown reason, Lena was shouting at Sam for killing dogs. I assume it was still something to do with a computer game. So I said, Sam, you can only kill dogs if you're going to eat them because then it's classed as being a butcher. You could make some border cauliflower cheese. <sighs> Come 
on. <laughs> oh, that sloth's clapping that's again. Said, that's a sarcastic sloth back. <laughs> Dickhead. What are you doing here? Get out of here. If he leaves now, he might be out of the room by the end of the episode. Fair um, play, dude. Fair. Okay, it's, yeah. Nice work. Did they, did they like it? They, I bet they loved it. They? Sam thought it was hilarious because mine and Sam's humour is exactly the same. Nice. But yeah. Other than that. Um, what else have I been doing? Done a little bit of Christmas shopping because, you know, I've got to start that now. Um, I agree. I fucking hate it so much. <laughs> I went I went to town with Claire to do some Christmas shopping and I left without buying a single thing because I hate Christmas shopping. So for the whole purpose of you going to town to do Christmas shopping, you didn't actually finish off that activity no, I, I whatsoever. Walked, I walked around Primark and went, fuck you, you haven't got what I want and I left. Okay. Like, I'll order it online. That's what I've done. Oh, you're one of them people. I'm yeah. not coming back to your store. I'll just order it online. All right. Yeah. I just, I just see, I see hate later. Christmas shopping with passion. Um, what else have I done? I've watched a few movie films. I've watched Rush Hour 1 and 2. Oh, yes. But had a look in the credits to see a couple of friends of ours. Um, but I was a bit annoyed because Rush Hour 1 and 2 are on Netflix. Rush Hour 3 is not on Netflix. And it's not on Amazon Prime, and it's not on Disney Plus, and it's not on Now TV. So I can't watch Rush Hour Three. Is it not? No, I can't find it anywhere to watch. Oh. I love the great films. I've never seen the third one. So I'd be quite I, you, sorry, what? I've never seen the third one. How have but you not seen it? I've only seen the first two, and even then they were Shit. years ago. So. Well, I was about to make a joke referencing it, so it's good job I didn't. Good job I didn't. <laughs> not that yeah. I can fucking watch it. Um, but my favourite part of this week has got to be going to the cinema and seeing Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh, that was a good day at the office. Good film? Incredible. Everything I wanted. And it officially makes it the third film in the world that I have cried at. Sorry, what? Hang on, what? It's been three films in my life that have made me cry. That was the third one. Why did it make you cry? I mean, don't spoil it. I won't spoil it, but yeah, there's, there's something that happens. You'll know when it happens. Oh, okay. But I haven't, I haven't seen the originals, so I don't know. Have you not? No. Well, you need to watch the first one before you watch the second one, before you watch the sequel. Well, I'm going to see it tomorrow. I just, I'm not going to have a clue what's going on then. <laughs> yeah, you'll really, you get it. But no, it's just a beautiful moment. Made me cry like a fucking baby. So yeah, third okay. film in the world. There we go. Avengers well, Game was the other one. And? And I was only a kid, but Mighty Joe Young. I've not seen that. Does the gorilla die in that? Giant A falls off a Ferris wheel, lands on him, doesn't kill him, but when my, my nine-year-old brain is like, <laughs> the monkey's dead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I absolutely loved it. Everything I wanted it to be, and it's incredible, and I can't recommend it enough to everyone. I want to go but, see it again. So, <laughs> Yeah, I'm going tomorrow. I'm quite looking forward to it within the half. So It'll be amazing. What about you, sir? What have you been up to? Fucking hell. I mean... <laughs> what haven't you been up to? Might be easier. <laughs> um, when did we last record? Thursday? Yes. Yeah? Some point last week. Yeah. Okay. So obviously I was off work at the time. Um, still. Uh, I went and stayed with the other half on thurs- Thursday. So we kind of think it must have been Wednesday. I went over the other half on Thursday, um, got to hers, and then she was working in the day on the Friday, but I made sure that like bags were packed and all that sort of thing, and we were ready to go. Um, 
because we went away for the weekend. So on the Friday, we she drove us to Sheffield. Uh, we were meant to stay with my dad, but he caught COVID. So he's recovered now, which is good. That's good. Um, we went to stay with my father, but so he got us a hotel instead. So we stayed at a hotel and we were getting a mega bus to Edinburgh because we went to Edinburgh for the week for, well, it was for the day, really. Um, so we got a mega bus at 1.50 in the morning cool. um, from Sheffield Meadowhall. Luckily, the hotel was literally right around the corner from uh, oh, that's all right. the bus station, which was amazing. Um, and me being classic me, we left the hotel at 25 to 2. So it was 15 minutes, plenty mm-hmm. of time. I got, we got to the bus station. I went, cool, I forgot my mask. So I had to then run all the way back. <laughs> Fuck's sake. I left. I, I, I wanted to come with me. She's like, I'll only slow you down. I was like, but I'm going to have to leave you at quarter to two in the morning in pitch black in a city you've never been to. Um, yeah. So I absolutely bolted it back to the hotel. Couldn't get in because obviously it's after hours. I was like, shit. So um, I had to push the buzzer. I had to say, can you let me in? I had to run all the way up the stairs to get to the thing. Got the mask, ran all the way back down and got to the bus station. As I got to the bus station, we were there for about two or three minutes, and then the coach arrived. So, um, oh, the coach <laughs> driver was a fucking wanker. Oh, um, why? Proper stressy Geordie guy. Oh, right. It was just, it was just like, for fuck's sake, would you not get on the fucking bus? Um, <laughs> Did you actually say that? No. I was going to say? It was, it was literally because there's a, there was a kid before us, and I was like, oh, he was like, oh, after he was like, oh, no, 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 you were here first. And the driver was like, rolling. I was going, fucking hell, like, fuck's sake. Um, yeah, I know. But it was rammed, like really rammed. Yeah, so it was like a tenner. Oh, so, I suppose. Yeah. What's even more annoying is we'd reserve seats, and someone was sat in them. Well, like, nah. Um, luckily she moved, no problem. But yeah, we got reserved seats. But then the guy in front of me reclined his chair. I'm Whoa. a six foot three motherfucker. Yeah. I don't fit into these sorts of spaces anyway. And then I had some randomer literally with his chair led on my lap. So it was not a pleasant journey. Um, no wonder you didn't sleep on the way there. <laughs> never didn't sleep. I slept an hour, I think. The other half was gone. She was out of it. Um, so it's the, that's the, she's only four foot 11. So imagine that like, she can literally fit into any space if she saw it. It's a shaky. She could have slept in the overhead compartment. No. <laughs> Um, we went to Edinburgh for the day on Saturday. We got there at 7 a.m. Saturday, and it was just amazing. Went to the rugby, went to watch Scotland, Japan. Incredible experience. Um, very emotional when my national anthem is playing loudly. Bagpipes are going, and the whole of Murrayfield was singing along. And it was just, what a moment. And then the second verse, the bagpipes stop, and it's just the crowd singing. Oh, chills absolute chills i posted on my social media i was like you did this was just absolutely unbelievable um but bless him and the half was trying to film it and literally there's a guy that kept like following her to the back of his head (laughs) in in most of the video she couldn't get any higher than that while i was just singing my absolute heart out um the game was amazing we won it was just incredible the thing with japan right is the way they move the ball. So you'd be like, oh, the ball's there. Then all of a sudden, it's at the other end of the field. You're like, wait, hang on. How did you get there? <laughs> like, just they're offloading and like one-handed back passes. Up. Just incredible. Just they were phenomenal to watch. And they're so fast. Um, so that was amazing. And then we went to the Edinburgh Dungeons. So it was like, um, there are loads of actors and stuff in there. And there's loads of rides and stuff. And it's meant to scare you. And there, awesome, was, there was one, right? 
I don't know how she moved so quietly, but it was like a ghost room. Like there was a haunting of some princess that had been killed and she went to get revenge. The lights would go out and they'd come back on and she'd be stood in a different place in someone's face. And I was like, but you couldn't hear her. It was mental. So oh. it would do it about three or four times. She'd go out and then come back on and she'd be stood somewhere else. Um, and there was one where it did it and she wasn't there at all. And we we're like, oh, this is ridiculous. <laughs> and then the picture fell off the wall. Some people were screaming. Then some books fell off the bookshelf. And we're going, what the fuck is going on? Then the lights went out again, like thunder went off. And then she reappeared with this like horrible mask on and stuff like in black, like Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, but I didn't jump or scream once. I only got made to scream by the torturer person because I got picked to go up on and sit in this chair to be tortured. And she was making jokes about the size of my penis. Oh, okay. And she was making jokes about how she was going to ram this thing up my nostrils, ears, and asshole. Um, okay. And then she made me scream three times, like loud. Not have to pay for um, that sort of treatment. <laughs> <laughs> but that was that was amazing. That was amazing fun. And uh, blessed in the half was was shitting her pants, <laughs> probably the entire time. Like that, dude. We went down. We went down far as well. Um, but my favourite bit was with the doctor. That was my favourite bit. He was hilarious. Um, just pulling loads of organs out and like blood and water would go everywhere and stuff. I was just, it was brilliant. That's awesome. I um, went to Edinburgh Dungeons years ago. I, be- I barely you? remember it. So much fun. Um, it was just nice to be home, spread that Scottish air in, kiss the ground, like just stunning, like I said last week. Um, so that was good fun. The rugby was amazing. Um, and then we walked around a bit. We had some food at Pizza Hut. Um, I just went for a bit of a walk. But we did 25,768 <laughs> steps that day with, with a coach journey going there and a coach journey coming back on the same day. We travelled... 930 miles in three days. Christ. <laughs> Safe to say, Jamie, we were quite tired. I'm really not surprised. I remember yeah. you were messaging me on the way back. And I was like, just go to sleep, boy. Couldn't do it. Even the way back, it was more comfortable on the way back. And still it was like, I can't, I can't sleep. Um, but then half, she slept amazing. She slept the entire way back. And I was so just jealous. Looking at her going, I'm going to wake you up. In the you know what was even more annoying it. is I forgot, I forgot headphones. Oh, which made mistake. Oh, yeah, I know. Bad, bad times, bad times all around. Um, but it was amazing. The weekend away was just incredible. Very excited for our time away in January. Um, so yeah, very much looking forward to that. I've obviously been back reentering. I've been back in for three days running now. Um, and last night. I went and saw The Offspring. Oh, so jealous. And it was so good. <laughs> they were amazing. But what's crazy is Noodles looks looks old now, but he's still slaying it. Like, absolutely slaying it. Um, Dexter's just obviously just putting a bit of weight, but he looks fantastic, and his voice is still amazing. Um, it's just crazy because they've been knocking around for like 30-odd years now. Yeah. Um, uh, but they were just, like, they opened up with Come Out Swinging, um, I was just like, just said, say they played Want You Bad, they played Hit That, they played um, Can't Get My Head Around You, they played Are You Gonna Go Far Kids, they played Why Don't You Get a Job, like it was just, they were just so amazing. Just um, the greatest hits, just fucking one after the yeah. other. Ah. But the best bit was the encore. They came out for the encore and were like, 
it was like, how's it go get noodles? He's like, I don't know, man. I don't remember. We're doing this for too long or whatever. And then we like chatting. And it just went, Unta Glieben Glauben Globen. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and the whole crowd went absolutely bananas. It, dude, it was sick. I got, I literally got goosebumps then, just like thinking about it. Um, so much fun. Other half loved it. The hives were really good, just very pretentious, and he didn't shut the fuck up. I was going to um, ask who was supporting the hives. Yeah, um, but it was good. It was a really, really good night. And we loved it. Um, we absolutely loved every single second of it. Um, I've also got the other half into twenty four, and like it's the most amazing. Like she's obsessed, and I'm like, oh, really? yes, yes, my lovely, come on, come on, <laughs> <laughs> come to the dark side. She loves it. So, yeah, it's good. And uh, like I said, we're going to see Ghostbusters tomorrow night. And I've got my work party on Saturday. Yeah, my work party is on Saturday, but I'm working late, so I can't go. What? Yeah. That's I say, bullshit. I say work party. It's basically a bunch of them gone. We're not doing anything this year. No one's arranged anything. Let's go to the pub and get wrecked. Oh, okay. But I'm working anyway. All ours is paid for. Everything's paid for, drink and food. Oh, nice. So, and then they're making me work Sunday. Oh, <laughs> I just realised I missed something off the, what I did last week. My dad What's came it? round. Oh, did he? Yeah, I haven't seen him for ages. My dad yes, came John. round. And we uh, we watched a film. We watched Red Notice, the new movie. With oh, yes! Playing. Fucking incredible. Such a good movie. Everyone has to go watch it. It's amazing. I missed that off last week. Yeah, I watched that as well. It's you good. Incredible. Yeah, really good. We ordered a Chinese. That went badly, but there we go. <laughs> Why? Took about two hours to get here, and no. then it was practically cold by the time it did get here. No, like, yeah, the wife was not happy. She's straight on just eat you, bastards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so leaving a seething review, getting a refund—you name it. The cameo at the end is the best bit. Yes, or one of the best bits. Yeah, just <laughs> incredible <laughs> film. Another one I want to watch again. But yeah, anyway, lovely. So. Hear a word? From one of our sponsors? Yeah, go on. All right. Hey, Jamie. Do you like being cosy? I do. And do you like staying cosy? I like that even more. Then just heading over to www.staycosyclothing.com where you can find hoodies, tees, sweaters, and much, much more. With a new fall line out now. And just enter The Chronicles as one word at checkout to receive 10% off your order. And make sure you follow them on the Instagram at Stay Cozy Clothing to keep up to date with all the new designs. Remember, guys, that's The Chronicles as one word at checkout to receive 10% off your order. And now back to this week's episode. Hi. I'm Jeremy Saffer, rock photographer. Check out The Chronicles of Podcasts with Jamie and Tom, or else something bad will happen sometime, somewhere, and it'll be your fault. Oh, oh, oh Jamie. <sighs> it's time for Callum's Treachings. Yes. Welcome to Callum's Treachings. That's right. The boy is back again with his infinite wisdom and knowledge. Knowledge? As the French I say, knowledge. Oh, you and your French words again. I know. <laughs> Jamie, what is Callum treating us this week? Muffins are to cupcakes what smoothies are to milkshakes. 
not wrong. It's a really good point, actually. There's always to be like similar yeah. varieties of things with different names, but they're pretty much close to being the exact same thing. Apart from smoothies are disgusting and cupcakes are amazing. Wait, sorry. Can we just start again? What? I can't stand smoothies. Why? It's the texture. What do you mean? It's like chewing vomit just now. What smoothies are you drinking? <laughs> I don't know. One I tried before. I just didn't. Oh, oh Jamie, do you want a smoothie? It's 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 my own. Um, Homemade. Delicious. A mix of wine, prosecco, <laughs> uh, tequila, and um, kebab, and sweet corn. <laughs> <laughs> It might be a bit... Well, hang on. There's some more for you. Olivia has one every morning with a breakfast. She absolutely fucking loves them, but... They're good for you. That's why. They are good for you. I don't deny that. I'll I'll eat fruit till the cows come home, but that's a weird expression, isn't it? But, yeah, no, I just can't... When are the cows coming home, exactly? (laughs) No, that's a weird expression. (laughs) Um, Ermintrude? Where are you, Daisy? (laughs) Why is (laughs) Daisy... Yes, magic round. Nice reference, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> you see, love that. I loved that program. Loved it. <laughs> Boing, said Zebedee. Um, yeah. Weird that you don't like smoothies. No, no, don't like smoothies. Just, just, that's, that's fair enough. But I mean, if you love yogurt and you love fruit, then what's your fucking problem? I don't know. I just don't. I don't like the texture. You are a strange one, sir. But I love you, so it's fine. That's okay. Then. Hey, Jamie. Hello. What else is Callum treating us this week? People with one arm are probably a lot better at spooning than the rest of us. <laughs> yes, because the, the, your yeah. other arm just gets so, it's so frustrating. It is. It's the worst feeling in the fucking world. I hate it. <laughs> It's like yours, the other, the other, the other arsehole's like, cuddle me and I'll let you, my fucking arm's gone dead. <laughs> I love snuggling up to the laughing bear. I love it. Same, um, but it's like, it's finding that comfortable that finding position. position. Yeah, it really is tough. Finally managed um, to master it, but because I'm such a fidget ass in my sleep, I wake up, my arm's dead. I'm like, ah. Oh, you do? Oh, no, no, no. You don't sleep like that. Oh, I always, we always fall asleep like it. So. Do you? I don't get yeah. a choice in the matter, to be honest with you. Uh, what I love, though, is my other half is exactly the same as me. We have to sleep back to back. I'm like, yes. Oh, no, like, no, no, no. She's like, don't touch me in my sleep. It's like, no, absolutely. I'm totally with you. That's absolutely fine. I feel safest facing away from you for some weird-ass reason. <laughs> um, so we'll always have like a nice little snuggle beforehand. And it's like, cool, right, well, bedtime, night, love you, straight over. No, I have to, I have to spoon her to sleep. She's a big baby and has to be spooned to sleep. She's a what, sorry? Big baby. And if I, and if she wakes up and I've moved, then she will grab my arm and pull me back over. That's and she's now come to stare at me through the doorway. <laughs> and finally, Jamie. What is Callum treating us this week? Maybe superheroes wear capes because it hides the zip on the back of their costumes. <laughs> must be it (laughs) that makes so much sense (laughs) phenomenal (laughs) (laughs) yeah why else would they have it just makes them look cooler but yeah Yeah. it's obviously the the practical use is shit 
Uh, but no, I don't want to see, uh, you know, there's a little compartment bit at the top where it hooks on. So it can't imagine, fall down. Imagine fighting crime and your enemy's just like, zip, ha! Oh, they, lo- they lose all their power. <laughs> Fuck. It's oh, true, though, The only superhero that makes sense to have a cape is Batman. None of the others make any sense. Well, it's Superman, surely. Yeah, but he can fly with or without the cape. What's the point in it? I said this amazing idea of like, Alfred, zip me about. I can't reach it. Alfred, this kid's just doing me up. <laughs> Joker's taking over Gotham. Hurry up, will you, man? Yeah. It's like Zippy goes, I'm, I'm sorry, sir. I can't just, like, oh, I'll put too much weight on shit. <laughs> Maybe you should try dieting, Master Bruce. But yeah, that's, that's clearly what they do. But I'm trying to think of everyone that has capes now, and I can only think of a few. So doesn't Ultron have one? But he doesn't in the movie, does he? But he does in the comics. Uh, Vision has one. Vision has one. Yeah, I swear Ultron's got one as well. He doesn't big, in the movie. I'm not sure about the comments. A big red one. Possibly. And blanking. Music, music, uh, music, comic nuts. If anyone mm. can tell me if Ultron has a cape, that'd be great. Thank you very much. Thor has a cape. Oh, yes, he does. Bottom of no, you wear of her drapes. Thor blatantly has a zip. He's got to have a zip. Loki's got, Loki's got a cloak, hasn't he? Um, I think he does sometimes. He likes yeah. to change his outfit quite a lot, don't he, old Loki? Callum, you've got such a great, that's such a great treat. That's such a good I love point. that. That is an amazing one. <laughs> <laughs> and that was Callum's treatings. Oh, Jamie, I do love that man, and I do love you and that book. Oh. I do love Cal. He's such a legend. I'm very blessed and honoured to know the man. So, good old six-year friendship. So, it's what we like to see. And now I've got to follow it. Jamie. Yes. It's time for Tom's journal. Yeah, it is. And welcome to another edition of Tom's journal. Right. Welcome to another edition of my book. Of your book. Hey, Jamie. Hello. It's a nice juicy one this week. So are oh, you ready? Yeah. We like a big bit of juice. Do love a nice thick juicy one. Do you remember Cadbury snaps? Can we snap little biscuits? The chocolate Pringle. Oh, now I'm thinking of something else. What am I thinking of? Yes, I do. They were, they were quite they were, nice in memory. They were phenomenal. Yeah. Yes, I forgot all about them. Pringle shape, but they were called Cadbury Snaps. They're Pringle shapes. Yes, I remember them. And they could do orange ones, mint ones, or normal. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, I remember them. And they, they were, were little biscuity bits in them, so they were crunchy. Yes, they had yeah. Little, yeah, they had bits in Yeah, Can't believe they got rid of them. Like, bastards. I was thinking of snacks. That's what I was thinking of. Should break, you know, like um, they brought Cadbury's Dream back, Dream Bar. Oh, yum. Yes. Tres Delicioso, might I add. White chocolate. Um, They need to bring snacks back, I think. They do. There's a lot they need to bring back. Do you remember remember Astros? They're amazing. Yeah, we talked about this before. Yeah, I loved Astros. I think we did, didn't we? (laughs) Biscuit balls with like chocolate in the middle. Yeah, they were phenomenal. Um. I was just going to say, um, shit, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. I went to uh, Costa on the way back from Edinburgh on Sunday um, when the other half was driving down and we stopped off at Costa. At services, I went to Costa and got Terry's chocolate orange hot chocolate. Mm. And I don't like hot chocolate, but my ass, this was delicious. Yeah. Like, de- like ridiculously delicious. And you get a segment of chocolate orange, I put it straight in, the, I put it in as well. Oh. <gasps> Did you Jamie. have a Did you have a Terry's chocolate orange muffin to go with it? No, I think they're appalling. Oh, they're a disappointment. I like them, but, but the coffee was just wow. 
the hot chocolate, sorry, was just... I really want to cost the hot chocolate, though. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> so, whenever someone wants to, whenever someone wants to talk, right? I say that with the, with the, with the fingers, quotation fingers, yeah? We need to talk, mate. Yeah, to someone in a TV series. It's always alone, isn't it? It is. People always want to talk alone in TV series. Why? Um, and they make effect. it so fucking dramatic, don't they? So much wants to talk to someone alone from them. Then they tell others anyway. It's going to say, we're going to hear it. We're the audience. We just talk alone. So they go and talk alone, but it'd be a part of the story. So eventually, everyone's going to know about it anyway. So what was the point in talking about it alone? <laughs> just cut out the middle, man. Let's delete about four episodes of this show. Just tell everyone in the room, mate. Yeah. Like it's... <laughs> <laughs> I should push and tell you this, but I'm pregnant. But I'm don't tell them. man. But the father isn't my other half. Like that sort of thing. And it's like four episodes later, they're like, you fucking asshole. It's like, oh, you could have told him four episodes ago, he would have saved this issue, or this hassle. Could have fought ages ago. They probably weren't made up by now. Oh, dude, this is hilarious. I woke, I got woken up, right? By a swearing Indian guy outside. What? Yeah, literally. All I heard was, I bet you're not even a real engineer, you fucking bastard. You absolute bloody bastard. And then he then he ended with the weirdest insult I've ever heard. I bet you're not even married. What? I was like, what? He said fucking loads, bloody bastard loads, wanker. I bet you're not even a real, I bet you're shit at your job. You're not even a real engineer. You, you, you absolutely, you get out of my house. And then the final insult was, I bet you're not even married. <laughs> like, what? Okay. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> Hilarious though. Hilarious to be woken up by that. It's fair, that wouldn't annoy me to be woken up by that. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> I was in the, I went back to the game last week as well. I completely forgot to mention all that Ooh. as well. And there was a guy, I hate this so much. He was doing um, pull down, um, like tricep, tricep there. I can't oh, yeah, remember yeah, the yeah. fucking cord. You know, we get the, they get the ropes and you do tricep pull downs, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was proper checking himself out in the mirror. Oh. He was proper. He was absolutely hench anyway. And he was proper what looking at his, che- his pecs stuff, really like, mm, yeah. Oh, I definitely fuck myself. He probably fucks himself anyway. Probably. But, um, yeah. But he kept doing it. I was like, just stop. Just stop doing it. It's not, it's, I don't understand why people do it. I don't get it. I Before don't understand everything. I understand that. Totally understand that. But not just to watch yourself the entire time. Do you know, I've always wondered why there's mirrors so much in gyms, but I suppose to check your form does make sense. Yeah, make sure you're going to hurt yourself. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Or course of injury, but just to watch yourself and be like, and just to you know masturbate over your own body is. I just don't understand that. I just no, don't get it. Um, this also for some reason, I'm doing all of my bits, and then I'm getting to the picture round. Oh. Um, the other half's car. She was getting a lot of messages for work, um, and her car said Bethan as Bethan, and I found it the funniest fucking thing ever. <laughs> Message from B fan. <laughs> <laughs> right. There's a lot of pictures to get through. 
Okay. Welcome to the picture round. So, first and foremost, think about this, right? Okay. The Jetsons takes place in 2062, and George Jetson is 40 years old, which means that somewhere right now, George Jetson is being conceived. Holy fuck, yeah. Actually, Google tells me George Jetson's birthday is August 27th, which means his parents are going to get successfully nasty this year's Thanksgiving weekend. Mark your calendars. That's amazing. <laughs> which means we're only 40 years off flying cars. Apparently. Yeah. Amazing. And flying in little hovery things that little glasses you sit in, they just hover off. Oh, I want a robot made as well. Fuck yeah. We're so close to the Jetsons. <laughs> So, Jamie, yes. if you identify a UFO as a UFO, then it becomes an FO because it's not ident- unidentified anymore. That sounds like a treat. Unless, a really unless it has landed, in which case it's an O. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, it's an object. It's just an object. <laughs> I like that. This tweet made me fucking cry. So it was so funny. Um, due to inflation, Jay Z now has one hundred and twelve point six nine problems. <laughs> Poor Jay Z. Fuck! It was so funny. Was so I was like, "That's going straight in." Thank you very much. So this makes no sense. Like, I've never thought about this ever on okay. planes, right? Yes. I'm sorry, sir. It looks like your baggage is too heavy for the plane. You'll have to remove some items and put it to your carry-on, which is going on the on same the plane. plane. Yes. <laughs> I don't get that at all. It makes no sense. It doesn't. Does I tried it? to d- I dis- disperse weight, I imagine, is probably what I'm thinking. That's the only logical explanation oh, right, I can think of. But I think that's fucking hilarious because it's still going on the plane. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it is dispersed because obviously all the luggage is held at the back. So maybe. But yeah, it still don't make any fucking sense, does it? <laughs> this is also one of my favourite entries to the journal this week. And I know you're going to love this and I'm going to make this as dramatic for you as possible. Oh. Because this also references something from our past. Okay. 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 You've probably seen it, but I want to make it as dramatic as possible. Okay. Jamie, imagine this, right? The ending of Spider-Man's No Way Home. Maguire, Garfield, and Holland are beaten up. Goblin's going to win. And then all of a sudden, Chad Kroger emerges (laughs) from the multiverse (laughs) on the wings of an eagle. And they say that a hero can save us. I'm not, not gonna, gonna stand, stand here and wait. <laughs> I'm gonna be so disappointed if that doesn't happen now. <laughs> Tell me, right? What an absolute anthem that is. <laughs> Josie Scott on a smaller bird behind him is watching us. <laughs> I'm so gonna listen to it after we've uh, done the show. I thought this was beautiful and it had to go in because it's just the most beautiful thing I've ever read. 
Okay. Billy Joel never sells tickets to the front rows of his concerts. Aside from wanting to beat the scalpers, he got tired of all the bored, rich people staring up at him. So now he sends his road crew out to bring down the fans from the worst seats. So there'll be people in the front row that are actually happy to be there. Real fans. That's amazing. That's fucking incredible. If you Fair play, Piano Man. That is awesome. I think that's unbelievable. That's I was great. Like, that's such a beautiful thing to do as well. Could you imagine the people being like, what? Really? <laughs> Front, front row. I paid a tenner for this. I've got to look through the barrier. There's just a pillar in front of my face. That's awesome. I love people do things like you know, show proper appreciation. Exactly, and I think that he clearly loves uh, loves his fans. Right, two left, possibly three. I think I had some earlier. Okay. Therapist. Look, you need to stop doing weird things. Going out might help. Man, I went to the park today. Therapist, there you go, see? I hope you got something from that. Me, opens my coat, what this duck? (laughs) 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 I think I'm I'm glad you liked it. That's my sort of stupid humour, I like that. (laughs) Two to go, and you're going to love these two stupid. This is ridiculous as well. Two left. Mate, it's absolutely bizarre that there are people who don't have gravy on a roast dinner freely roaming our streets. Oh, that's true. That is just wrong. I do actually know someone that doesn't have gravy on their roasts. Wow, can you have dry, dry food? No. Especially when it comes to Christmas, because you're turkey. Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, no. Get your life sorted out. Dry Yorkshire pudding. No, I know, right? It got a bit of gravy full of salt. Oh, yes. I don't do the salt, but gravy. Yes. And finally, Jamie. From the Lion King. Simba, my uncle killed my father and is trying to kill me now. Timon and Pumba. Oh, wow. Have you tried just not fucking worrying about it? (laughs) (laughs) Akuna Matata, yeah? (laughs) I love it. It's absolutely spot on. That is pretty much what they say in that movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, said, no, don't worry about it. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Could have yeah. Oh, well, yeah, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> and that was another edition of Tom's Journal. Yeah, it was. So before we head into our interview and go grab La Piece, I believe we better hear from one of our sponsors. Oh, I think we better have. Hi, I'm Frank Guglielmelli, and I'm the narrator for some wonderful audio dramas from Syscast, like Marty and Mars, Bounty Hunters, and a great part in Val Toby, with much more to come. You can find these programs on Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Or head over to our website, www.syscast.com. We are excited to announce that we are now affiliated with the Chronicles of Podcast with Tom and Jamie. Now, let's get to this week's interview. No, Thank you, Frank. We appreciate you. We do. You do have such sultry, dulcet tones, Frank. I do love your voice. Beautiful voice. Yeah. Very beautiful voice. Speaking of beautiful voices, that leads us nicely into this week's interview. But have you got the piece? I think I gave it to you last week. You did give it to me last week. Um, 
And, uh, oh, yes. Monsieur, oh, it's French. Oh, French piece. For a French piece. Piece of oh. resistance, Jamie. Um, oh, monsieur, le baguette, croissant. <laughs> yes, yes, piece, absolutely. Welcome to the Chronicles of John Karabi. Yes! John Karabi is a singer, songwriter from Motley Crue, The Dead Daisies, Union, bands, unbelievable bands. So many so, bands. So many bands. He was also a wonderfully fucking hilarious human being. And John, I just want to apologize on Jamie's behalf Here for interrupting NFL football. All right. So <laughs> I am never going to live this one down. You might be able to hear the Chiefs Titans game in the background because he had it on. It was on his, he had like a massive TV in the, yeah. in the garden, didn't he? Yeah. Incredible. On the side of his tour bus that in his it. garden. Absolutely phenomenal. Fucking like, rock star. But the Karabi was just a genuinely wonderful, hilarious human being. Very humble, just and an absolute pleasure to talk to. Like he just, you know, everything was just reeled off. Didn't didn't matter what we asked; it was all there, all on a silver platter. I was I was so nervous going into this because not only is as I say in this interview, he's my favourite singer of all time. You know, his voice to me is just oh, it's so bluesy and oh, I love it. But you know, a man like this of a career like that, he's probably done so many interviews. And like, how do I try and think of questions that this man hasn't already answered 150 billion times? So you know, I was quite nervous going to this, but the man, even if he had asked all those questions 150 times, you wouldn't have known it because he just, he was such a gem. Loved it. Loved it. And we're very, very excited to get this out. Very and excited. Very since, excited to get this since out. We, since we did it, it's been like, that's, that's going to be a good one. Yes. Jamie. Any final words? No, just John, even though you slammed me down for it, you are an absolute hero to me and I appreciate the hell out of you for doing this. John, thank you so much for taking the time out to talk to us. We really appreciate you. Guys, this is a fucking doozy. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, interviewing this week, he is a man who has quite the career with bands such as the Dead Daisies, Union, and a little one you might have heard of called Motley Crue. It's John Karabia. Hello, everybody. Today, we have a very special guest of us, a man who was, quite honestly, my favorite singing voice of all time. A man who has played with some of the biggest names in rock, playing in bands like The Scream, Rap, Union, Motley Crue and The Dead Daisies. Here to talk all about his new single, Cozy Bella, and so much more. These are the Chronicles of John Karabi. Thank you very much. That was a very lovely um, um, introduction. Um, obviously, if I'm your favourite singer of all time, you don't have cable TV yet in Birmingham. So, whatever. <laughs> if Just I'm the compliment, if, John. If I'm the highlight of your day, bro, you need to get out a little more often. <laughs> yeah, come on, Jamie. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Oh, charming. But John, let's 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 start, you know, with the hard hitting shit. How was pandemic season for you? Um, well, you know, it was it, it was brutal from um uh, let's just be real, a financial point of view. Mm-hmm. 
because I realize that majority of the money that I make, you know, I've, I've been making for the last eight or 10 years has really been through touring. Um, you know, not a lot of bands are selling records and that kind of thing anymore. So, um, but on the flip side, I was able to, um, I was able to write a book um, and I just started stockpiling some songs and I took Pro Tools classes, learned how to use Pro Tools. And I basically started stockpiling music and I'm just going to try and release a song uh, maybe every two months or so with a video. And um, once I get maybe four or five, six songs, put a whole record out. You know what I mean? Um, so it, 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 it was a little scary, but it, on the flip side, it really made me rethink everything and, and um, just become a little more um, self-reliant, if you will. You know what I mean? It's, it's like I had started recording with Marty uh, Fredrickson, for those that don't know. Um, and, you know, we started recording and then the pandemic hit. Well, then he, you know, everybody had to quarantine and stay home. Yeah. And, and I was just like, man, my whole freaking life right now is on hold. Uh, and I, I didn't really care for it. So I did what I did. I did the best that I could. You know, I'm still kind of a novice at Pro Tools. But we, like I said, we wrote a book and I'm kind of just getting the hang of the recording thing and I'm doing my thing, you know? That's awesome. Fair play. If, if you're a novice at it, Cozy Bella sounds incredible. So you're obviously smashing it. So, Well, you know what? It, it, it's weird. Like a lot of my more well-versed friends in Pro Tools and, and recording they're like, hey, man, what are you using on the guitar? And, and I'm like, man, I don't have a fucking clue. I'm just, I'm just twisting knobs until I think it sounds good. Uh, if, you actually, if you actually asked me to technically tell you what I did, um, I don't know. All I know is <laughs> probably 70% of that thing in my bedroom on a laptop then I sent all the files to Marty and then obviously Marty runs it through his programs and filters or whatever the uh, he does and uh, sprinkles his magical production fairy dust on it and makes it sound like I knew what I was doing. So it's all. It's so crazy now how like everyone's either built home studios or recording stuff from home. Now no one needs to go anywhere really anymore. Do they? Not really, um, but, but, you know, on the flip side, I kind of like it. I like the fact that, I mean, it, it still blows me away. Like, I'll go back and listen to Cassie Bell and I go, I, I can't believe I recorded this on a fucking laptop. <laughs> but, I mean, it's like all these years of, of records that I've done, this is, you know, I mean, I'm literally, I think I've done 13, 14, 15 records. And you just start, you go back and you go, well, fuck, you know, that's like 2 million bucks I wish I could have back if I would have just bought a laptop like 30 years ago. You know what I mean? But live and learn. Um, but I, I do like the independence. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. So what was the original plan? Take us back. What was the original plan for young Master Karabi? Was it always music or was it just something you sort of fell into? No, I, 
from, you know, the, I think like the defining moment for anybody my age was seeing the Beatles. Mm. Uh, I got into them a little late. Um, you know, I got into them probably when I was seven, eight, nine years old. And, that, you know, at that point, they were almost done, almost over. But um, I remember seeing a video montage of them on the Ed Sullivan show, old show in America, um, where they ran like video clips of them, like two or three songs from the beginning of their career, a couple in the middle and a couple in the end. And just seeing the progression with their hair and their beards and, uh, you know, and then the music and the reaction from the audience. I was like, wow, this is this is pretty cool. You know, my parents got me a guitar, didn't ask for one. Um, I just wanted the fucking G.I. Joe with a Kung Fu grip, but whatever. <laughs> um, I'm that, by the way, um, you know, but they got me a guitar and I started taking a few lessons and then just started putting bands together. And then it was weird. Like, I think when I was maybe 12, 13, 14 years old, I really started getting into bands like Grand Funk and Led Zeppelin and the Stones, Humble Pie um, and the Bug. That was it. David Bowie was another big one. Um, like, I just got the Bug and I started going to shows and, you know, that was like, I want to do this. And oh, you know, it was like, you know, at that point for the rest of my life, it was like not taking no for an answer. I'm going to do this. That's somehow, some way um, I will do it. I didn't have to sell my soul, but I did have to club a couple of baby seals. So um, you, you just weigh it out. Yeah. Wait, you know I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You just killed someone for that one. So you're known for playing the there guitar. Goes, also, there goes the ratings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there they go right up. Um, see, you're known for playing guitar and singing. Like you said, it started with the guitar. Was was singing like a conscious decision of yours then, or did you just sort of you're in a band and they needed a singer? I backed into it to be honest with you. Like one of the first things that I did was a talent show in school, and there was a girl who was supposed to sing. And the curtains opened and she sat it, she played keyboards. And she just never walked up to the microphone on the keyboard. Like she just like, uh, you know, frozen. And uh, I, I just said, you know what? Fuck it, man, I'll do it. And I walked up to the mic and I sang uh, this old song by a band called The Animals called House of the Rising Sun. Hmm. We did a monkey song called I'm Not Your Stepping Stone. And we won. And, you know, I had an auditorium full of people like clapping. And then my dad took us out for pizza afterwards. And I'm like, well, this is a fucking win win. <laughs> and I got pizza. I'm awesome. This is killer. This is it. What I'm going to do. And I just went from there. I went bonk. That's amazing. So I obviously know from my research, the first band of yours was Angora, who obviously you left to become the Scream. But was that your first actual band or is that just the first one that the public know about? Uh, the first actual one that we were writing our own music. Um, all the rest prior to that, nobody would really know about because we were just playing covers. 
Um, mm. You know, we were doing back in Philadelphia. Um, there was a like a two or three, four state area where you could just go and play. You know, you played like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, four sets a night. And we were everything from like, um, you know, uh, Sabbath, Zeppelin, Aerosmith, uh, Van Halen. We were doing the cars and cheap trick, just everything. Um, you know, but I kept looking at these magazines and seeing, you know, Robert Plant and Steven Tyler and all these guys that I looked up to. And I, I just, you know, I got to a certain point, maybe 18, 19, 20 years old. And I went, you know what, if I, if I want to be a rock star, I got to figure out how to write my own shit. Mm. You know, the first couple songs were obviously crude and, and, and uh, just really caveman, but, you know, I started, it got me started to, you know, started to work that whatever creative muscle that re you're required to have to, you know, write music. So. That's amazing. So did I read the scream was originally going to be called Saint or Sinners? Well, we had about, God, we had, uh, it was originally Racer X. Uh, the black black cloud. Then it was sinners. Then it was sons of silence, and it was just we just kept going until we found a name that worked. And oddly enough, we didn't find out till later that Dave Grohl had a band called Scream, which was a punk band. But we we just playing all the shit, and everybody would go, yeah, dude, Black Cloud's taken, Saints or Sinners is taken. Um, Sons of Silence is a motorcycle gang. They'll kill you. Um, <laughs> so we just kept trying shit. And then Walt, our drummer, went, what about the screen? And so we're like, it's so fucking simple. I mean, somebody's got to own that. And we ran the trademark for it. And it came back clear. We were like, wait, nobody has the screen? Um, apparently, Dave... Old didn't trademark scream, uh, whatever, and it just came back. And we said, you know what, fuck it, let's use that. That's amazing. I'm amazed like this, like enough band names left now because obviously there's so many artists and so many bands now. There's probably nothing left. Yeah, um, yeah, I've got a few stashed away up here. You know, I'm thinking I want to get a band of really like fat men. And <laughs> Taylor's outfits and call it John Karabi and the Chunky Seaman. <laughs> Did you hear that? I'm sorry. Bravo. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> that is, I'm going to be disappointed if that doesn't happen. Man. And, and, and there you go. The, the actual four, four listeners had left after the PETA comment. Now we're going, now you're off the charts. You're, you're, you you actually owe them, listeners. Okay. Sorry. So the Scream record, though, I listened to a couple of days ago for the first time in a long time. It's fantastic. It's such a good record. But as I, as I said in my intro, your voice. Yeah, but coming from someone that doesn't have cable TV from Birmingham, that's not really. I'm just. 
someone who much like seriously, you know, go out and you know what, buddy, go out and get a cup of coffee today. Go to a cafe, sit there, watch some double deckers go roll by, and you know, I'm just fucking with you. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna throw away all my uh, my compliments out of this now. Subject. <laughs> no, but I. I... I, I do find your voice is quite unique in the fact it's like a perfect blend of like hard rock and blues and some soul to it, I find. Did, did you ever take like vocal coaching? Is that just you open your gob and that's what comes out? Pretty much. Um, you know, it's funny. I have a lot of people, not a lot, but, you know, a few people have, have throughout the years have said, oh, hey, dude, what do you do? You know, like any vocal exercises or you know, how do you take care of your voice? You know, while they're asking, while they're asking, I'm sitting there with a Jameson and a cigarette and I'm going, I really have no fucking idea what you're talking. So I, I don't have anything for you on that one. But um, I, as I've gotten older, I'm starting to like a little bit of the range is going away. So now I'm starting to like, I try to warm up before the shows. I don't drink before the shows, um, you know, it, it, it's like you figure out how to pace yourself, you know, when you get it, when you get to be in the wee old years of uh, John Karate. It's, I, I, that was going to be my next question is if you did anything, because obviously your voice today sounds just as good on Cozabella as it did in the scream. As far as I'm concerned, it's, it's still there. Yeah. But I think if you listen to the scream, there's a little bit of it. You can hear the, di- I can. I can hear the difference or, or, or the sound or timber of my voice is a little, it's a little lower and thicker than it was when I was in the screen. Mm. Uh, and, and to be honest with you, um, I was fine. And then when I joined Motley, um, they kind of, they kind of tuned a whole step lower than a regular guitar which actually subconsciously made me change where I was placing the notes between my head and my chest. Yeah. Um, and then I just kind of forgot how to do it the old way. You know what I mean? So I'm just, I'm just kind of doing what I do. I don't really, you know, I sing things and if I can't hit the note, then I just tweak the melody a little bit and, and it is what it is. It's good though. It's a good. It's good that you found these ways to adapt instead of just like because there's some bands out there who are just like, no, I'm still 20 years old. Granted, I'm technically 60, but in my head, I'm still 20, and I'm going to achieve all these things. And I, I don't think, um, you know, prime example. Um, let's let's use Robert Plan as an example. You know, Robert had unbelievable success with Led Zeppelin and then you know once they called it a day and they split up um, you know it's kind of common knowledge he wasn't singing at the end of Zeppelin as he was in the beginning Mm. so he kind of rethought everything and figured out a way to still have success but change his vocal delivery a little bit and you know, and I think it's brilliant. You know, I mean, the success that he's had after Zeppelin has been unbelievable. Um, 
and he's still reinventing himself with each record. You know what I mean? Um, I was just listening to a couple of tracks that he just did with uh, on the new Allison Krauss. Him and him and Allison Krauss did a new record together, and it's really cool. You know, but he's not singing. You know, the way he sang "Communication Breakdown" or "Black Dog." Yeah, he's. Yeah. It's a different approach. Um, you know, and that's all you can hope for. You know, listen, we all we all get older. Um, and and things happen, you know, naturally, um, you know, it was it was funny when I was. Um, a few years back, I did go to a vocal coach to figure out what was going wrong with my voice. Like, I'm, I'm like, I can't sing some of the high notes that I used to sing in the screen. And he really put it into perspective for me because he said, okay, he goes, if you take wood, fresh wood, and you build a deck in your backyard and you put on like a lacquer to seal it, he goes, and you take care of it, like, you know, even if you put lacquer on it every couple of years and you sand it and you do all this stuff, he goes, eventually due to the elements and the age of the wood, um, you'll eventually be able to go out there and just put a little bit of pressure on some of those boards and they'll just crack. They'll, they just get old. And he said, you know, the human body is an organic uh, thing like like wood so as people get older their vocal cords aren't as tight as they were when they were young or they're not as loose or tight or whatever the scientific term is but he goes man you just you know just do what you do and figure it out as you go and that's kind of what i'm doing you know do you think that. that sometimes that bands like say for example ozzy osbourne they get to a point where it's like maybe you need to either stop now because you know they get so to the point where they cannot hardly walk that sort of thing or they just don't sound like they used to. Uh, you know they want to be remembered for what they did, not what they're trying to do now. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, no, no. I get it. Listen, man. You know what? And a lot of it has to do with the fans. Um, obviously, if you can see here, um, you know it's funny. I just had. The fans have this weird way of thinking that they're, um, and I don't mean this as a slag at all, but a lot of fans sit there and think that they um, have a right to say, like, I, I, here's what I'm trying to say. So a few months back, I had a fan write to me and they took a picture of me in the screen and a picture of me with you know, little gray in my beard and, you know, all this stuff. And he basically said, Hey dude, what happened? Not really digging the beard, you know, like, why are you growing a beard? Like I, you know, I think you should go back to this. Blah, blah, blah. And I, I was sitting there going, okay, first of all, the picture that you posted, the first one is a picture that is 32 years old. <laughs> It's 30 years old, 32 years old. Um, people get older. And I'm just the type, you know, what, what you see is what you get. 
and I just told my wife, who's a hairdresser, after I got that thing, I just said, you know what? I'm 62 now. Um, I don't want to dye my hair like I used to dye my hair in Motley or The Scream or Union. Uh, you, you know, that was 25 years ago, 20 years ago. I think that it should be okay for, you know, a, a musician or a poet or an artist or, a, you know, uh, wh whatever. You, you should be able to grow old gracefully. Still, still be creative, still produce music and not be judged on A, your age, B, the way you look now in comparison to the way you look then. You know, so I think a lot of these artists that do kind of go, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to call it a day. Uh, you know, they've had much more success. So I can imagine the amount of emails that they're getting, like the one that I had, is probably unbelievable. Yeah. And they tired of hearing it. But I just said, you know what, I told my wife, I go, fuck it. I'm not dying my hair anymore. You, we can trim it. We can cut it. We can do whatever. But. That's it. This is what I am. I'm a 62 year old man that's still being somewhat creative and world. I'm sorry, but deal with it. <laughs> you know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. I saw someone comment on one of your pictures or picture status the other day. No, like John, why are you bleaching your hair? Aren't you too old to do something? And you, you just commented and went, um, no, I'm, I'm 62 years old. I've gone gray. <laughs> I was like, what are you on about, mate? <laughs> Be honest with you in 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 lieu of what the guy said <clears throat> you know i still have some remaining uh remnants of like the last time i dyed my hair eight months ago set mm -hmm. nine months so you know and and, and 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 with anything like when you dye your hair like when you first do it it's dark and then the more you wash it and you know, whatever, it starts to lighten up and then you have to do it again. Yeah. Man, I'm just growing it out. So what they're seeing as blonde is really like brown hair dye that's almost a year old or longer. You know what I mean? I'm just like, fuck it, whatever. But that's the funny thing, man. I'm like, you know, I don't understand the obsession with um you know um like why you know the obsession with fans with their favorite artists or you know people that they admire like their obsession with them growing old we all do it so what the fuck like you know what i mean so yeah. i just say whether it's making a statement or not i just said fuck it you know what i'm 62 fucking years old yeah if, I, I, it's not that I don't give a shit. I I'm, I'm dieting. I try to, before I go on tour, I work out with a trainer. Um, before I go on stage, I don't have a drop to drink. I do some vocal warmups. I try to do the best show that I can. And then I do some vocal warm downs and then I'll sit at the bar and I'll have a Jameson with the fans. I, I try to take care of myself, but it's like, I'm not going to sit here and obsess over a picture of me from 30 years ago. I can't do it. It's not natural. It's not normal. Not so. And so, you know, again, 
it's not like I'm trying to be the world heavyweight champion boxer or uh, a middle linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Go fuck yourself. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. You know what I mean? It, there really shouldn't be an age requirement when it comes to art, writing a book, painting a picture, writing a poem, singing a song. You know, I, I don't get it. I don't get the obsession with it. So I don't never have. Yeah. This is John Karabi in 2021. And guess what, folks? It's only going to get worse. (laughs) (laughs) And also, fuck that guy. (laughs) No, I don't want to say that. It was probably meant as a harmless comment. It just, you know, I've gotten of them lately. And I'm just, you know, he just caught me on the wrong time. And I'm like, you know, WTF, dude, seriously, I'm fucking 62 years old. My hair is not blonde. It's gray. It's getting grayer. So I I don't know what to tell you. Sorry you disapprove, but I'm a 62-year-old man and I'm owning my hair color. Whatever. Yeah, absolutely. I don't have me. I'm just like, I'm going with the beard. <laughs> so obviously we mentioned about your songwriting and stuff like that. With being in so many bands over the years, do you have like a different approach depending on the band you're in? Or is it just, this is what I want to write today? Well, I always just write. And then I bring it to the band. And like Casabella, for example, was actually written when we were doing the writing sessions for burn it down for the dead daisies and they didn't understand the concept of the song. And in their defense, they probably weren't going to because it was literally me and Marty with a couple of acoustic guitars, just scatting, like, you know, just kind of scatting a melody, no lyrics, nothing. So I'm the only one that could really hear where I heard the song going. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So they didn't want to do it, and you know, whatever. So I, I just put it aside. Now, normally, if they would have said, "Okay, yeah, let's do the song," then at that point, like if the riff or something that you bring to the band, then you have to sit down with all the members of the band and allow them to put their stamp on it. So then there's a little bit of maneuvering and and a little bit of a give and take um i don't know if it's a battle whatever you want to call it but there's a little give and take but um yeah so it like band to band it's going to be different you know what i mean so obviously when you're in motley it, it's a known fact that nikki always wrote the lyrics the whole time you're in motley but obviously for your record you wrote a lot of the lyrics as well how, how whose idea was that that w- we actually just to make it clear, we wrote lyrics together. We sat in a room together with notepads, and then he would throw things out, and then I would counter it with something, and then he would throw like 10 more things out, and then I would counter it with something. So we really kind of developed them together. Um, now, mind you, that's what I remember of it. Obviously, if you've followed Nikki for the last few years, he's got a completely different viewpoint on that. But whatever, it is what it is. But 
we actually wrote the music together in a room, jammed everything, and did what I call a map. We mapped out, okay, here's the intro, here's the verse, then here's the chorus, here's the re-intro, second verse, you know what I mean? And we mapped a idea out. Then Nikki and I would take the tapes, go up to his house, and we would literally just sit there and listen to the music over and over and over and over again, and we would just start working on lyrics and song titles and stuff like that. But it's, I do love that record. I know <laughs> it's a it's such a good record. I like. What baffles me though is with that record is obviously. It didn't do well at the time. What happened? What happened? What happened? But then you find a lot of people now that go, that's the best album Motley Crue ever did. I was like, well, where the hell were you back when it was released then? <laughs> Actually, the same person just using different names. <laughs> <laughs> it's got like 1,500 Facebook accounts. Let's go vlogging. <laughs> 1,500 people. That would have put the record um, gold, platinum, un- <laughs> Old, there is 10 uh, so that um, and then there's somewhere in the somewhere between wood and plywood uh, I think that that 1500 actually plywood and aluminum so <laughs> but one thing I always wondered about your timing crew though is obviously yours and Vince's voice completely very different how did you get about like singing those original crew songs live were, were there like did they have to change the way they were performed? No, they were in the same key. We just, I just made them a little bluesier. Hmm. Uh, you go back, you listen to like uh, live videos of us playing Shot at the Devil or Dr. Feelgood. I just kind of didn't, you know, there were spots where Vince would go up where I just kind of did a little blues ending at the end and made it, I I don't want to say made it my own, but, you know, made it more suitable for my voice. Yeah. yeah. Was there any particular of those old songs that you really liked doing? All the ones we did on the, all the ones that we did on the tour were probably my favorites. Love Primal Scream. Awesome. Always loved Livewire. You know, it's funny. Livewire, and I don't know how old you guys are, if you'll remember this, but um, Livewire always reminded me, when I first heard that song back in 81 or 82, I reminded me of Ian Gillen and Bernie Torme did a record together, and they had a song called uh, White Face City Boy. You know what I mean? Like this melody, like they did this thing, and then Ian Gillen sang the chorus was like a running white face city boy. You know what I mean? And it was killer tune. So when I heard Livewire, I'm like, oh wow, this is cool. It's like it's like White Face City Boy. Um, but I all the songs that we did. And the thing, they kind of let me pick the old songs that I felt comfortable singing. So all the ones I did were the ones that I liked. <laughs> I like to say that. Well, I like that song. I like that song. I like that song. Let's go. Well, we, 
we did have a disagreement because I did refuse to do girls, girls, girls. I'm like, no, I, I just, I know it was a big hit for you guys, but I've never really dug the concept or, you know, Hey, Tommy, look at her. No, not, <laughs> not me. So yeah, I couldn't imagine into, you doing that. To the... <laughs> yeah. We got into a little bit of a schism about it, but no. So do you ever like come up with lyrics or like songs, whatever, like the most inappropriate places where you have, do you come, I'm assuming, do you use like uh, the voice notes on your phone and stuff? So you're always like in the shower, like just come up with a tune, like, oh shit, I need to write that down. Fuck. Um, and I have to find something real quick. You know, it's funny. I, I honestly, I've had moments like that um, where, you know, like, um, I thought of a riff and even if my phone wasn't there, I was diving or whatever. I'm like, I, you know, um, I, I just had this thing where I could remember the riff and then I would go home and, or get out of the shower or finish shaving my balls <laughs> and just, uh, you know, lay it down. So I, you know what I mean? Um, I don't, it, it's weird. Like there's, there's maybe a few times where I forgot, like as I was going to sleep, I just start falling asleep and I would think of a riff and I would have it mapped out in my head and I'd go, I'll lay it down tomorrow. And then I woke up the next day and it was like, uh, what was that riff again? I, like I, you know, but for the most part, I remember them. You know what I mean? So so much my memories are good. Never, never had to rinse my balls off and put the razor down and then go get a phone. I'm just saying. <laughs> Lift up like la 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 la. Oh shit! Uh, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I'd ever see you mime shaving balls or singing. That was good. I like. I don't, I don't, know, I, I don't know how big the dick is, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> You're about 17 inches off, buddy. Oh, sorry, John. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so after crew, obviously you're involved in several projects. A standout one for me is Union. I love that Union record. The first, oh, mwah. One of my favorites, especially, is Robin's song. I love that song so much. But I saw you a couple of years ago play on an acoustic tour here in the UK. Um, I was wondering, like, where, how do you come up with what songs you want to play on these tours? Because we have such a big back catalogue. I don't really. There's no set list. Oh. So, I mean, I've had fans, you know, I, like it was funny, like not that long ago, I had a fan yell out, Midnight Moses. Like, dude, seriously, I'm on an acoustic guitar. It's not going to sound the same. You know what I mean? Like, it's not even close. Midnight Moses. So I go, oh, you know what? Okay, fuck it. Here it comes. And, you know, so I don't really write up a set list. It's really kind of somebody might yell something in the audience or I'll have a, you know, something pop into my head or, uh, you know, man, I, I even had a, I even had an audience member about five or six months ago yell out, um, do a Beatles song. You know, and I was like, all right, cool. You know, and I was sitting there trying to think. And uh, 
so I said something like, well, do you have an idea? Like which one, which is a very dangerous question. And she went yesterday. So I was like, I literally sat there. I went yesterday. Okay, let's try. And I played the song from top to bottom. And that was like, awesome. So I don't really do a set list. Um, there's no rhyme or reason to anything. You know, I just try to keep it loose. And, um, um, you know, I tell stories, tell jokes, uh, you know, and, and I just kind of play whatever comes to mind. There's a few, like a few stories go with certain songs, mm. but for the most part, it's, it's, I'm just winging it. You know what I mean? And, and having fun with the audience where they're kind of a part of the whole thing. And, you know, uh, again, just keeping it loose, keeping it fun, keeping it simple, keeping it um, intimate, whatever. So I don't write set lists. So when I saw you on that tour, like I was going to say, it's such a unique experience because it's like, as you said, it's not just you go into a gig. There's storytelling. It's a, like, I can't remember the story off the top of my head now. If you could retell it, it'd be amazing. But before you played a cover of Seasons of Wither by Aerosmith, you told this amazing story about you and Steven Tyler in the studio. I was like, where are you going to hear these stories? Well, um, you're not. It's <laughs> <laughs> on me. You know, but that's, that, that's the thing. Like, a lot of people ask me, why do you do Seasons of Wither? And so then finally, like I was doing, you know, when I first started doing the acoustic sets, I was doing like, God, like 30 songs. And then I would find myself at the end of the night sitting at the bar or the merch table explaining why I did the songs that I did. So then I kind of rethought it and I go, well, maybe I do half the songs, 15, and I give them the stories and make fun and honestly since i started doing that it's been it's been awesome and even the steven tyler story it's gotten like it went from like two minutes to now it's like it's literally like a comedy show it's like a tentation about meeting steven tyler and how much of goofball i was meeting him i was tickled pink like it would be you know whoever you guys' favorite singers or musicians are it'd be like sitting there having a you know sitting on a couch and just asking them whatever questions you wanted to ask you know and i got to do that with a few a few of my uh, idols that i grew up with so then i said you know what i gotta do seasons of wither and it's actually become a little bit of a staple in my show in my set um so it's it it is what it is. It's cool. It's fun. Like I said, it's no rhyme or reason to anything, and we just have fun. It's, it's yeah. Is there anybody that you've really wanted to like do a song with or duet with or whatever uh, that you never got chance to? Paul McCartney. Oh really? Mm. Yes. I would love to. I would love to sit down and either write a song or just. Even if you didn't want to write a song, I would love to just sit down and have a cup of tea with McCartney and just go, fuck, dude, like, you know, tell me some stories. Because I'm like you guys. Like, 
even though I'm a musician, I'm like a fanatic about the bands that I grew up listening. Um, my wife laughs at me all the time because like, like, like a grand funk song will come on and then I'll spew out like, you know, 150 facts about grand funk because she had no idea who grand funk was. Um, you know, I've got like, I think, you know, all these books and like all the Beatles records. And I was such a huge fan of the Beatles, but really like, I think of all of them, McCartney's just been like, I mean, he's as far as songwriters go, he's like the creme de la creme. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But he's still going. Dude's 71 years old and he's still going. So um, I would love to just sit down and have a cup of tea and uh, just pick his brain. Maybe write a song with him. I think it would be awesome. And to be honest with you, Bella, that's exactly who I was thinking of when I wrote Bella. Because to me, sorry, there's a plane going overhead. Um, Bella was always kind of a, like a cross between Penny Lane and Killer Queen by Queen. I can so, see that. Yeah. McCartney would be the one that I would love to sit down and talk to. That's nice. It's, it's like you can read my mind slightly, John, because my next question is about Cassie Bella, and it says it has a Beatles esque vibe to it. Was that intentional? So there you go. You've read my mind and answered my question for well, me. <laughs> yes and no. I mean, I didn't sit down. Hey, today I'm going to write a song about it, just kind of happened. But then as I was starting to play around with it, and then I got together with Marty. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's funny, but a lot of times, you know, other musicians you're working with, or, you know, they'll say, what are you hearing? And, you know, so you, you go into the Rolodex and you go, well, I'm kind of thinking like, you know, that killer queen, Penny Lane kind of bop to it. And then, you know, and, the, and then, but then these lyrics are basically about a, you know, they're a little, actually a little on the uh, dark side because the, the lyrics are really about a love lost or, or the girl that got away. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, but I just, I, I, I just had those two songs in mind. And then when we did the guitars, you know, I started thinking harmonies reminiscent of maybe a band like thin lizzie hmm. so, um it, it, it's just you, you go back into your rolodex of shit you grew up with go I, i'm kind of hearing this this and this and you just throw it out there what was it that made you decide it was time to record some new like solo music was it just because you'd like i've got a shit ton of songs written and never recorded we should probably do something with some of these uh, well, honestly, because I got laid off at the night as the night manager at Seven Eleven, and uh, so I had. To, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I, I, you know, I'm so busy with the daisies, and in, in all honesty, like it's funny. Like a lot of fans go, "Oh man, what have you been doing?" Like you know, 
what if what have you been doing since whatever and i'm like bro man i like i did the acoustic record i did the live 94 album i joined the dead daisies i think we did uh revolution make some noise and burn it down three studio albums and two live albums in five years or four years from 15 to 18. So busy boys. There was a lot of uh, output musically uh, from all of us. And so when I left the band, I just toured for a year. I kind of took like, I got out of creative mode and just went out and did acoustic shows. And, um, you know, but then I, I told Marty in 2020, I go, I want to do a, I want to do a record. Uh, let's do a record. And he, okay. But then COVID hit. So that threw a wrench into everything. So I've rethought everything. I'm trying it this new way, um, of just doing a single and a video, letting stream it, download, do that. And then once I get like all 10 songs, really killer, um, where I think they're awesome, then I'll do vinyl and uh, CDs that I can sell on Amazon, my website, and at the shows. Music videos, John. Love them or hate them. I'm not a big fan, uh, to be honest with you, but you kind of have to do it. Um, I, I'm, I'm a little old school in this thinking that um, even – as important as MTV was for making or breaking a lot of people's careers throughout the eighties and nineties. And uh, I really kind of never, um, I didn't, I didn't like it because it's one of those things where I don't know how to explain this, but if you and I sat down we open up the new Led Zeppelin record and we both listen to Stairway to Heaven at the same time. And then I get on the phone with you and I go, oh man, dude, the song Stairway to Heaven. Here's what I got out of it. What did you get out of it? Nine times out of 10, your viewpoints on that song and what you got out of it is going to be completely different than what I, because we're using, you're using your imagination. You're mm -hmm. letting the, take you to this imaginary place whatever it is and i and the only thing that bugged me to me mtv was like a necessary evil because it's imagination out of the song and what you saw was one guy a video director you got what his interpretation of the song this is what the song means and so it, it kind of alleviated the imagination of the fans for them to for them to get out of that song what they chose, you know, what you choose to get out of the song. It's one person's viewpoint or one person's opinion of what the song is about. And I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, I mean, God, if you go back and you listen to songs like you know, Strawberry Fields or uh, Eleanor Rigby. I mean, still to this day, 60 years later, 50 years later, they're still trying to figure out who's Eleanor Rigby. <laughs> Who did 
write the song about? Or, you know, what's the song Martha, my dear about? You know, and it wasn't until recently where I saw an interview with Paul that he's like, oh, it was about my sheepdog, Martha. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, fuck. I didn't see that one coming. You know what I mean? But so it, it's it, it it's really I've always considered MTV a necessary evil because it really does. It just gives you one person's take on what the lyrics are about. And I, I think that's really kind of takes the creative or the imagination out of the song in, in total. But I also I also feel very strongly about award shows. Um, I don't like award shows. I don't like, you know, like you see these Grammy shows and the 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 winner for album of the year is, you know, whatever it is. And there's probably four or five records in that category. And I guarantee you, if you talk to the other people that bought the other four records, they'll argue with you till they're blue in the face why their record shouldn't be that record of the year. So it's really perception. You know what I mean? It's it's people's whatever. And so I'm, I'm kind of against the whole MTV thing, personally. Um, I'm against... Uh, you know, uh, awards, who's to judge what's, what painting is better than, you know, well, is Da Vinci better than, uh, you know, was Da Vinci better than Michelangelo or was Da Vinci better than Dolly or, or better than, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Different. Everybody's got their own thing. And that's why I'm not real big on MTV. I'm not real big on, music awards i don't really give a shit i have no time for it i don't i've never thought of music videos like that before that's really i really like that well when you read a book you know uh when you read a book you know the book takes you somewhere hmm. and you read that book and you read those words and it paints a picture for you I may read the same book or listen to the same song. I'm going to get a completely different visual than you get um, oh, on how much acid I've had that day, but whatever, uh, <laughs> you, you know, it's just, so I think again, it's a necessary evil that has kind of taken the imagination out of the music takes it out of the book like especially when you see how many times have you read a book and then watched the movie and said the book was way better oh absolutely absolutely Be the movie takes the imagination out of it do you know what i mean and it's mm. like it never it never lives up to the book's standards because you're using your own imagination you're you're seeing your own pictures not not a director's you know what i mean so it's the same thing. I love that. So, so it's just on the topic of music videos too. It's so weird how the directors never ask you, like, oh, you wrote this song, what's the song about? So we can build the video around that rather than, this is what I took from it, so you're going to deal with it and just do what I say? Yeah, but it's, no, I mean, the bands to a degree are involved, but again... You know, it's like, well, okay, well, we can't do this thing with the, uh, 
you know, because then they have, you know, like MTV has standards and practices, they call it. Um, oh, okay. For example, like there was a scene in, um, uh, I, I think it was Girls, 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 where they're in a strip bar and Tommy pulls out a knife and he goes like this and it sticks in the table. Hmm. And cut that scene out. Uh, that standards and practices said, well, you know, that's a weapon, so we can't really have that in the video. When we did Misunderstood, it clearly says, little old man contemplates suicide twice a day. And we had a video, when we did the video, there was a thing where the guy takes a gun and puts it in his mouth. Standard and practices said, no, we can't do that. That's, uh, you know, that could maybe possibly lead kids to commit suicide. You know, so, you know, if, here's an example. Um, man in the moon, uh, father, mother, son. Um, now, I've done father, mother, son. We did a video for it. It was only a performance video. But I've had people say, Oh, my dad passed away and I love this song because it reminds me of him. My mom passed away. It reminds me of her um, or a friend or whatever. And I mean, if I had to sit down and really break the song down, the song really is about the son. The son is the one who passed away. And Everything that I'm saying in the song, he's like, he's in heaven now. He's an angel and he's looking down at his parents. And everything that I say in the song is actually what he would like to say to his parents now that he's kind of fucked up and he's gone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. everybody gets what they want to get out of it. So that's why I'm not a real big video thing. But yeah. again, it's a necessary evil. It's got to be done. Um so I try to do videos that are, I don't know if this makes any sense at all, explanatory, but vague. Then you can fill your own blanks. <laughs> so, also, we mentioned books just then, but you've also been writing an autobiography. Is that right? Horseshoes and hand grenades, I believe it was. Yep. It's all fun. It'll be out April 12th, I believe. And, um, they're actually talking about doing starting some pre-orders in the next week or two. Oh, incredible. So what what led you to write write the book? Was it someone saying, John, these stories, mate, you've got a story to tell? Or was it you deciding that you wanted to do this? No, it was this guy, Paul Miles, who has a he's got a site called Chronological Crew. And I was in Australia doing some shows in 2019. And we were just sitting around guys in my band and you know um even the guys in my band are like hey dude what was mick like or what was tommy like or whatever so i was just telling stories and paul who actually did a lot of research and stuff for the dirt hmm. uh, he was involved in that that book um he was the one he goes dude you should do a book I mean, your stories are fucking classic. They're great. Um, but I was a little leery about it because I don't have that typical, you know, VH1 behind the scenes 
formula in my life. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, poor kid meets four other poor kids. They put a band together. They get a record deal. They become huge. They do massive amounts of cocaine and heroin and somebody dies and then they break up and they hate each other. But then five years later, they figure out that they need to sober up. And, you know, I, I don't have that story. Mine's just, it is what it is. It's, uh, it's more about the, the, hence the title horseshoes and hand grenades is literally about a guy yours truly that, has consistently throughout his career still to this day been at the right place, but always at the wrong time. Um, so I've been close, um, you know, and then there's just, uh, but it's also a story of perseverance because I still think every time I release a song like Casibella or this next one I'm working on, um, I still think when I let it, when I put them out there to the world, I, I keep, I, I sit there and I go, yeah, this is the one, this is the one that's going to do it. This is going to give me the, uh, this is going to catapult me into the uh, stratosphere and make me a household name. So it's really about perseverance and, uh, you know, just fighting a good fight and just moving on and, reinventing yourself every day and doing your thing, man, you know, so I'm excited about it. We'll see, you know, and, um, you know, we'll see how it's accepted with people. I'll definitely be getting a copy. I can tell you that. So, well, I appreciate No, I've got no cable. It's fine. It's fine. Well, and the fact that you did leave the house a couple of years ago to see my acoustic set is hugely appreciated. Because I know it was an effort for you <laughs> to get out. Of the oh, fresh air. What is this? No, we, we've had a couple of questions from some fans, if you were okay answering those. Yeah, sure. Um, my mate, Matt Rose, he just said, you state before your biography is going to piss off a few of your ex-wives. Is there any particular one that's going to be angriest or just all of them in general? Two no, of them. Number, number two. I'm on, I'm on my third now, but, um, I'm actually really good friend. Like I'm pretty much friends with just about every girl that I've ever dated, but, um, and I actually tone things down because I, it, the, the idea was not to throw anybody under the bus. Mm. It was more about me giving people insight on how I was feeling when certain things were happening in my life. That's it. Um, you know, they're probably not going to be happy, but you know, it is, I don't care. Like, you know, I'm not lying about anything. I'm just saying, here's what happened and here's how I felt about it. Um, you know, like most people already know that I've been married three times. Most people already know about how the whole ordeal ended with Motley Crue. Um, this isn't about enlightening people on another thing that maybe happened. It's just really talks about 
how I was feeling through all of these ordeals. You yeah. know what I mean? And it goes all the way back to my childhood. Um, certain traumatic things, traumatic, happy, you know, like crushing things that happened. And here's how I was feeling. Here's how I rebelled. Here's how I said, you know what? Fuck you. I don't, you know, whatever. Um, so it's just really kind of an honest, um, uh, honest insight into how John Karabi was feeling when John Karabi was being told that they're bringing Vince Neil back. You know what I mean? Whatever. So speaking of the um, Motley and Vince Neil and Oliver Roiland says, did you watch the dirt and were you unhappy with your time of the band being cut out completely or was you sort of expecting it? Um, to be honest with you, the 22 seconds that I was in the movie was 22 <laughs> seconds long. I really didn't like it at all. Um, cause they made it look like I was some bumbling idiot that, uh, was playing in high school gymnasiums to like five people. And that to me was, I don't know who, whose idea that was to put that in there, but I just thought it was a crock of shit. And even the actor that I got, I was really adamant. I sent them an email and I said, if you're going to put me in the movie, please have Morgan Freeman play me. And if <laughs> Fuck you guys. I don't know why I just got this image in my head of Morgan Freeman singing Misunderstood, and now I really want to hear that happen. I can send you a photo. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Before we wrap up, Tom, have you got any more questions? Yeah. How was, uh, how was Monster on the Mountain? You know what, dude? It was just good to be back to work. I bet. Um, I got to see a bunch of old friends that obviously, I mean, we've all been locked down for 18 fucking months, pretty much. Um, you know, so it was good to see fans again. Um, let's face it. I'm still being a little cautious. I'm getting ready to go to Mexico next week. Um, and, you know, you keep hearing about these variants that keep popping up and you know, some new thing and, you know, then you see, like, I've got a buddy now that actually my friend that helped me do the video for Casibella, he's vaccinated and he's literally been sick for two weeks with COVID um, oh. vaccinated. But he had that other Delta variant thing. Um, and then you see like that. I don't know if you're familiar with him or not, that general here in, the, in America, Colin Powell. Now, mind you, he was 80. He had cancer and a couple different things, but he was also vaccinated, died from complications of COVID. So it's, um, you know, I try to be reasonably safe. Um, I do what I got to do. I'll go say hi to people, take a few photos, and then I just retreat and go back to my little area. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, but it was good to be back to work, man. Loved it. I would love playing. I had a great time and um, it was, it was fun. Awesome. Amazing. So John, before we let you go, we have a little game that we like to play with our guests. If you are willing to play. There's no nudity involved, right? Unfortunately not. No. Good. Because I didn't shave my balls today. No. Oh. Let's go. 
<laughs> it's we call it the quick fire round. All it is is five questions, and you just answer them as quick as you can. All right. First one. Favorite pizza topping? Mushrooms. Oh, I knew I loved you. Your go-to karaoke song? Wow. Um, Walk This Way, Aerosmith. Great answer. Your first ever job? Uh, My first ever job, I was probably uh, about 10 years old. And I actually, now in America, we call them hugsters. Uh, they used to drive around in trucks in, back in the 60s. And they would sell fresh produce, like lettuce and tomatoes and corn and peaches and things like this. And um, I got hired. I rode in the back of the truck and I would just take a basket of fruit. And I would he would park at one end of the street. And I would walk door to door and knock on doors and go, hey, lady, you want to buy some peaches? Um, you know, um, so that was my first, I made a, God, I think $5 a day or some shit was cribs. It was was like borderline slave labor, but whatever. Um, and then I went into making t-shirts in Indonesia. Okay. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) if you could have one superpower, what would it be? What? Oh, superpower? Yeah. Um, Wow. Um, I would say super strength. Yeah, super strength. Like Superman shit. Although part of me does want x-ray vision and I would like like to go to a lady's spin class. Whatever. Uh, and last one if you had a time machine and could go back and give one piece of advice to young Mr. Karabi what would that piece of advice be well it would be a few don't sign anything without a lawyer and um, you know what just live with her don't marry her John, this has been incredible, my friend. Thank you so much for doing this. No worries, guys. Thank you. Um, before we get out of it, is there any like plugs, social media, is anything you want people to go check out? You know what? I'm pretty much everywhere. John Krabi official on Instagram, um, Facebook, Twitter is CrabLegs59. Um, but the new Possibella, it's on Spotify, it's on iHeartRadio, all the all the streaming sites. And all of the download sites, Amazon, iTunes, Apple Tunes, all that stuff. So I'm out there. And then there's johnkarabi.com. Superb. John, well, thanks. Been so, thank you so much, man. It's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, sorry to interrupt football. And uh, I hope the Eagles dick the Raiders. Wow. Getting all fucking nasty there. You're getting like a, you're almost like a Pittsburgh fan. <laughs> So, uh, I've got some news for you, John. Um, I am. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay. <laughs> Thank you so much, John. It's been amazing. Thank you, guys. Take care, pal. See you All later. Bye bye. Yeah. Just, oh, dream come true. <laughs> it was a great interview. Uh-
massive thank you to Doug Weber, his agent who uh, set all this up for us. We really appreciate you so much, Doug. Thank you. Absolutely. John, thank you so much for being a part of this, for being a part of our show, for sitting down and chatting to us, you know, for the hour and a bit that we spoke to you for. It, it was so much fun. And I, hopefully we can have you on again sometime in the future. And everyone, if you enjoyed this chat, go check out all the amazing music that John's put out, but especially go check out his latest single, Cossie Bella, because it's absolutely amazing. You could say, it's so beautiful. Yes, I just sang something for you. Not as good as John does, but I still sang it anyway. (laughs) Guys, we hope you guys enjoy listening to it as much as we did recording it. Especially me. (laughs) Mr. Stevens. Hello, sir. It's audience participation time. It's time to participate in Jamie's Audience Participation Challenge. What has he asked you to do this week? Oh, my brothers. Now, I figured as we had a rock star on this week's show, then we will have a rock star question. So said, we've all heard of the famous performers, riders, a glass of brown M&Ms, butterfly confetti, coffee stirred a certain way. We've heard them all. This week, we ask you, if you're a performer, what would be on your rider? What do you say, Mr. Stevens? Has someone actually asked for their coffee to be stirred a certain way? All three of those are real life examples. I believe the Fuck. coffee one was Mariah Carey. No way. Yeah. What? <laughs> That's mental. The brown M&M's is a famous Van Halen story. The Mariah Carey one, I'm pretty certain, is coffee. And the butterfly confetti is one as well, but I can't think who it is. Wow. Well, so for my rider, I would have Reese's peanut butter cups. Of course you would. I'd have coffee as well. I'd have cereal. Yeah, that sounds pretty pretty right for you. I'm a cereal fiend. I love cereal to the point where the other half has told me down the line uh, that she's going to curb my cereal buying exploits because I buy like 10 to 15 boxes at a time without fail. (laughs) I don't blame her because that's probably where all my money goes. (laughs) (laughs) You got your savings? No, but I got Cheerios. (laughs) Honey, not Cheerio. (laughs) What about you, Jerry? Um, to me, oh, I see food wise, food and drink. I'd have to have a mix. I want some hot chocolate there, ready for when I get off stage. Fucking maybe, Orlix. maybe not when I get off stage, actually, because it'll be quite warm. So, some water for when I get off stage. Then I want a hot chocolate later for when I'm ready. Options, yeah, get your options Get out. me options in there. I want several bars of bounty because I'm going to need to big up my sugar levels. And you know me, I fucking love a bounty. And um, maybe some fruit, some, some red grapes, maybe. Will you ask here fruit smoothie? No, I would never say smoothie. <laughs> Try and trip me up, boy. And yeah, just a nice little speaker with some music on so I can chill out as well afterwards. With some kiss. Some kiss, yeah. I'll get my Spotify on there, see what suits me at the time. Nice. Right, let's see what our listeners have said. Elliot Wilson says, a 75-inch telly. Fucking hell. I don't think I talked about it. I Thomas, did I? The catch no, I, I knew it was coming, oh, so that's why mate. I saved it. So he's got really bad, like, ADHD. Not, it's not bad, but he's got, like, he likes things particularly, like, so that it had to be level on the, on the table. So he asked me to go over and help him set it up. So I went over and he's like, don't touch the screen. 
I was like, I'm not going to touch the screen because it's got a film on it anyway, so it's fine. And then when we put it on the TV stand, it had to be equal lengths at either side. Oh, my fucking ass. So it was like, more towards me, more towards me. So we moved it anyway. No, 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 towards you. Okay, a little bit more. Little bit, and we were there for about 10 minutes. Like, L, it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> and you can guarantee as soon as you left, he moved it another five times. Probably. Probably. But I'm not joking. He was like, because <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go to the cinema later. He went, fuck it to cinemas, come here. <laughs> It's a 75-inch TV. It's fucking huge. It's amazing, but it's ridiculously huge. I can um, imagine. But I need one. You need one, yeah. Watching the NFL, that would be fucking sick. Well, yeah, to be fair. Yeah. Um, Baz Black simply says, Jamie Westwood, he wants me. I'll sit on a table for him. It's fine. Michelle Midwinter says, Strawberry Laces. Haribo with all the shit white foamy ones removed. <laughs> a variety of Vimto squash and Yorkshire tea. Some nice sandwiches, specifically of Heinz. Seriously good mayonnaise on. No other mayonnaise is acceptable. <laughs> That's a great answer. She's got standard talking us there. Melissa Cracknell says, I put a show on once where the headline band had requested a framed photo of Arnold Schwarzenegger in an action pose. <laughs> so good. Robbie McMichael says I simply want a magician's hat filled with the Colombian marching powder failing that a chocolate milkshake and a whisper gold is that all? Yeah, whisper golds the whisper golds were elite I want to bring whisper mint back yes they were so good Vicky Stark says a room full of Staffordshire Bull Terriers for me to roll around with and play with failing that Haribo eggs oh that's lush that was popular <laughs> Lindsay Mazan says candy floss, corned beef fritters, and mash made by my mum and Papa John's giant chocolate chip cookies. So apparently, her mum's going on tour with to make a mashed potatoes every nice. day. But she's well happy about that. <laughs> Andy Cristobal with an assort of answer I was expecting blow and hookers. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Standard. it had to be in there yeah. somewhere. Stu Martin says beer, wine, vodka, JD, Coke, Coca-Cola. Under no circumstances whatsoever, <laughs> even under the threat of death, must any chicken be available to eat. Steak, yes. Lamb, yes. Pork, yes. Vegan, vegetarian, yes. Weed, rolling papers, one assorted box of crisps. No chip shop food, no Red Bull or Monster. A box of paracetamol, Kit Kats and Rice Krispie Squares. Fucking hell. You're to get in the room. I know. I wonder what the hell the problem with chicken is. <laughs> Harrison Lee. Beers, 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 beers. Steaks, steaks, steaks. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Theresa Moore says, well, now I know that I'm going to have to pay for this. Nothing. But if I wasn't paying for it, Jason Momoa and room service. Ooh, nice Fair. answer. Fair. <laughs> Katie Jane says, an osteopath. Bananas and all five of my terrorist dogs. Fair enough. Um... Christopher Kelly. This is really sweet. I'd ask for the person arranging the riders' favourite drinks and snacks and have it all written in, have it written into the contract that they have to have a tea break and chill out with us for a little bit. Nice. That's lush. I like that. Um, Nessa Robertson says, James Spader with a devil face. <laughs> I'm there too. She wants us some of the spade. <laughs> Martin Shaw only the highest grade cocaine served on a virgin maiden's butthole and a body shop rafters <laughs> fair enough fair enough <laughs> this one made me laugh Brian 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 apparently his name's Brian Brian 
Uh, mine would have to be a DVD player with a copy of Ghostbusters 1 and 2, and if anyone needed to bring their dogs to work, to let them in the dressing room and sleep on the couch. Nice. Fair enough. And last but not least, Kieran Fisher, a picture of Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I definitely have my other half with me as well. I would definitely have, uh, have her yeah. with me. So, yeah. That's a given. We appreciate absolutely every single one of your answers guys thank you so much for taking the part in our participation challenges it means the world to us we love it we love everybody that gets involved it just uh yeah brings a tear to our eyes and a laugh in our heart it does uh, but if you uh enjoy jamie's participation challenges and you enjoy the treachings of callum and you enjoy the journal of tom and you enjoy the interview and you enjoy as talking absolute fucking wanky bollocks for half an hour. And you'll enjoy the rest of the Chronicles of Podcast available where you get all your podcasts from Spotify, Google, Apple, etc., etc. You can also find us on the YouTube at the Chronicles of Podcast, where you can also find our hashtag WBWs way back Wednesdays, which are all our old interviews from our other channels, which we're bringing to our brand new channel here at the Chronicles of Podcast, so you can find all of our content in one beautiful little bowed box. Don't know where I was going with that. Bowed box. You're getting a a box with a bow on it. All right, that's where all our content's going to be. It's where you'll find it. Make sure you undo the bow before you reveal all the content that's inside. Okay. You can also follow us on Facebook at the Chronicles of Podcast. Please do. Please come like, share, subscribe, and press that subscribe button. Jamie, do you know where else you can find us? Or where? On the Twitter. At TCOPod. And Jamie, do you know where else you can find us? Uh, Where? On the Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) At TCOPod. You can also find us on the TikTok at TCOPod. There is also our wonderful, beautiful, stunningly sexy, gorgeously wonderful website at www.thechroniclesofpodcast.com where you can find out all about us, all about Callum, all about our wonderful PR and social media manager, Ori Kimbler. We fucking adore and worship you, you wonderful human. And uh, all our shows are on there. We have a store on there. No, we don't have a store on there. We don't have a store. That's a lie. That's a lie. And I didn't mean to lie to you. I'm very sorry about that. You can also find out about our, um, uh, fuck, what are they called? Sponsors. Thank you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> All of our sponsors on there. Stay cozy, Ciscast, and of course, the wonderful Sophie Lancaster Foundation. The Chronicles of Podcast. Downloaders, reviewers, sharers, raters, tell all of your friends about us. Mainly allow us into your ears. And if you're carrying us anywhere, always use an Asda shopping bag. Always Asda. No Morrison, no Tesco, no Sainsbury's. Only Asda. Yes, another wonderful, glorious, and deliciously sexy episode in the bag, Jamie. Oh, yes. And as always, we want to say a couple of thank yous at the end. One to Mr. Matthew Roberts for his beautiful music. Uh, One to Mr. Braden Barry for the Stay Cozy sponsorship. If you go on to staycozyclothing.com, pick anything you like from that store, stick it in your basket and add the Chronicles at checkout to receive 10% off. Mr. Mr. Braden, I hope you are having a grand old time on tour. And of course, Syscast with its audio dramas, check them all out, including Val Toby with my good friend and co-host here, Mr. Tom Stevens as the Sheriff King. And last but not least, we have to shout out to the Sophie Lancaster Foundation. It's a fantastic charity. And today, 
today that this episode drops it is make a noise where we like to celebrate the life of sophie so please no matter what you're doing even if it's just lighting a candle for sophie do something to think about this tragedy and what effect it has had in the world and do whatever you can share a post about it do what donate some money whatever you can just make some noise for sophie because her and her family deserve it absolutely be kind to each other Follow the Sophie Lancaster Foundation, donate where you can, support them, spread the message, spread the love, peace, love and hugs for all. We want to thank absolutely every single one of you that listens to our show, that downloads our show, that watches our show, whether it be five minutes or five hours. We really appreciate every single one of you, even you Costa Ricans. We see you. We see you, Costa Rica. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much to everybody that checks us out. We, you know, take the time out, time out of your day, your busy schedules. Just listen to us to talk bollocks. We really appreciate it. And I cement everything Jamie said. Thank you to Matt Roberts. Go check him out at Matt Roberts Music. Brand new single, Chaos, out next Friday. Thank you to Braden Barry for the Stay Cozy uh, Association. We really appreciate you. Hope you have, like Jamie said, an amazing time on tour with Secondhand Serenade. And thank you to the Syscast guys. Val Toby season two is in production as we speak. So please go and check out Val Toby, Bounty Hunters, and Marty and Mars, all available where you get your audio dramas or podcasts from. Again, like I said, I second everything Jamie said. I love my co host. He's a genuinely wonderful friend, and I wouldn't do this with anybody else. Jamie, another wonderful episode, sir. Yes, this was glorious. As for this week, we. We'll see you next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye! Bye.